Hello, loyal followers, uh, and welcome to a very belated episode of Law School in Brief, episode 61. Um, it's Megan, and with me as always is Lydia. Hello, Lydia. Hi. <laughs> That's so funny. It just did that thing that we were trying to avoid it doing. Oh, I know. Lydia said hi. I don't know if you all could hear that. She just got really excited. Oh, wait, it, it like made a loud noise again. Should we start over? Nope. We're, we've never started over. We're not okay. going to start over. Okay. <laughs> I get listeners. I get so excited at the beginning of calls. Every episode that I start the introduction, it does this in the very beginning. It's like, hello. And it just sounds very amateur, honestly, even though I'm using a pop filter, I'm doing all the things, but I guess I'm not doing all the things. I was going to say, uh, aren't we amateurs? <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know. If this is not amateur. I'm going to cash in on that excuse. Fair enough. Fair enough. Lydia, it's been like two weeks and it's been all my fault. I've been the reason that we've postponed recording as long as we have. So no, I apologize. Megan, you just happened to be the one that texted to say, can we reschedule? Like, you never know when the other person also wanted to reschedule. You Good know, point. it's like a gimme. Good like point. there were a couple times that I was like in the middle of watching a Korean drama and I was like, damn, I would like to just keep watching this Korean drama. And then you texted like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's totally fine. It's all good. <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> you know? Oh, well, I'm so glad that that my bailing enabled you to watch multiple episodes of your Korean dramas. Thank you. That being said, I am so happy to hear you. Same. Because I know you've been just working overtime, internship and moot court, and like you have a class too. So Ooh. I need to hear about it. You know, I want to capture those impressions before it's, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm here to help with that. <laughs> Um, we don't really have a designated theme for this week's episode. It's mostly just like catching up and well, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, you are on the eve of beginning your semester, your fourth yeah. semester of law school. Yeah. I'm like truly halfway through law school. Um, I don't know if that's like the theme, but I do think it's like the special moment that we are marking with this episode. Very good. Very good. Wow. Halfway. I can't believe you're so much more than halfway. <laughs> I know. I can't believe we are in the calendar year in which I will graduate from law school. Everyone pull out your bingo card that our amazing listener, Rachel, made that's on our Twitter, Law School and Brief, because I've already mentioned starting the show over again, and now... We're drawing attention to the fact that Megan's on a different timeline than me. She's in a two and a half year program. <laughs> She's going to be a lawyer this year. Okay. Or I'm not going to be a lawyer this year. I'm going to have a JD this year. Okay. Okay. But wait, isn't a lawyer someone who's graduated law school and an attorney someone who's graduated taken the bar? Wait, this is a great question because it vexes me. I always thought you were just like a jurist doctor until you passed the bar at which point you became a lawyer or an attorney. Like they're synonyms for one another. Okay. Let's look this up. Yeah. When do I become a lawyer after or before the bar? Okay. Okay. A lawyer is someone who has learned and trained in law, yet they may not actually practice law. They often give legal advice. By attending law school in the United States, one can be considered a lawyer. A student of law must pass the bar exam in their particular jurisdiction in order to practice law by providing legal representation. That was from lawyeredu.org. Okay. Yeah. I, so, but, but I don't know. I, I don't know. So what I'm hearing is I'm going to be a lawyer this year? <laughs> I think by certain definitions on the internet you megan are going to be a lawyer this calendar oh, year my goodness 
That is wild. Yes. I know. I keep thinking. So I have this friend, um, McCatherine, who's a year ahead of me uh, at Elon. And she goes to the same kickboxing gym as me. Um, And she is studying for the bar right now. And I just, I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, oh my God, that's going to be me a year from today. Like a year from today, I'm going to be losing sleep, so stressed, studying for the bar. And a year from now, I'm going to be on the eve of my last semester. I'll have a whole other semester to do. Uh, anywho. 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 I am excited about my classes. So it's not like I'm feeling too rushed to get out of here or anything like that. Um, like I'm not super pumped about Zoom, but I have adapted <laughs> to it. I have finally come to terms with the fact that I will be in my apartment all semester as opposed to the house. I just did not make a ton of progress over winter break. Uh, you can put that on your bingo card too. Um, <laughs> there's a square that mentions my house. So I got a desk and an office chair and a couch and I rearranged everything in my apartment to make that work. Oh, before now I have not had a desk. I had a TV tray and I did not have a couch. I had a cot that I put foam cushions on, which oh is a clever idea if I may give myself credit to do that because if you're moving into an apartment for law school all on your own and you don't want to pay for a mover it's quite easy to lift a cot and then you can bring up cushions separately no problem as opposed to a couch but uh, it's time to get the couch and I got all these things for free on the internet that's mostly what I spent my winter break doing is driving around and getting free things from the internet and it's great this office chair someone got rid of but it's so nice I'm so, sitting in it right now. This is my first podcast episode from this desk in this chair. You oh, my. She's a big girl now. Desk, That's right. chair, all of it. I know. I know. Um, are you on Facebook Marketplace getting these free things? I have. I use so many different free things. I got the desk from Facebook Marketplace. They have a free section. Um, I got the office chair from Craigslist. I got the couch from next door. And I've also gotten free stuff like Raja's like cat tower. I got from offer up. Um, and then of course there's free cycle and free cycle. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Those are my go-tos. <laughs> That's pretty much Oh, and um, there are these groups called on Facebook called Buy Nothing. Like Buy Nothing University City is the neighborhood near WashU. But there's Buy Nothing groups for like lots of different neighborhoods and towns. And people are just like, people who like live down the street from you are like, hey, anybody want this thing? Like some That's random. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I got some pumpernickel flour from there. Oh gosh, pumpernickel <laughs> flour? Yeah, for making rye bread. I had never, I've never actually heard of such a thing. Really? Yeah. Have you had rye bread? I, of course, I've had rye bread. <laughs> yes, I've had rye bread, but I never knew that it was made from pumpernickel flour. I don't know the difference between that either. This could be like once you take the bar, it's rye. I'm just kidding. That was, <laughs> I was like, when you take the bar, you were let in on all the gluten secrets. Yeah. Yes. But, oh, hold on. It says pumpernickel bread is made with rye flour. Whoa. So I think that the bag that says pumpernickel flour is maybe just like some kind of marketing scheme. Wow. Mm. I'm sorry. What well, I've been just talking about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm in like winter break mode still. <laughs> you snap out of it. I know. That's pretty much my update though about going into spring semester. I'm not totally organized, but I have my furniture. That's that's how I'll write, wrap that up that update. That's There you go. Yeah. Furniture yeah. has been acquired. You're settling into the Zoom lifestyle. Yeah. We are unsure if pumpernickel flour makes rye bread or if rye flour <laughs> make pumpernickel and that's all you need to know yep 
that's that's how it's going. Fair that's enough. It's going. Well, do you have any lows? Oh yeah. Wait, not really. I <laughs> I the first thing I was going to say was just that I don't really have any personal lows because winter break is so great and I was just going to complain about QAnon. But oh my gosh, same. I will spare everyone that because I thought of a personal low. Oh, <laughs> which is what this podcast is all about. We had a deadline over winter break for our note, which is just the name of the paper that you write in a law journal or on law review. And at least at WashU, it is a required um, assignment to get the one credit hour for the extracurricular. And we have these deadlines that are very reasonable. It'll be like your one page pitch is due a couple weeks into the semester, then your like one page outline, and then your like three page outline, then like a list of sources and five page, and then 10 pages, 20 pages, whatever. So we had our 30 page draft and I really put it off for winter break. I'm I'm not sad that I put it off during exams. Those were the priority. But then once winter break started, I was like, nah. And I kind of put it off until the very last day of the deadline and then tried to write like 10 pages but in a day. And I got to eight pages, which isn't that bad. But then I realized that to get to 30 pages, I actually needed to write 14 pages because I had been formatting my outline I'm sorry, my draft in outline format to help keep it organized. And when I like removed all of the formatting so that it would just be like a normal text, I actually had written way less than 20 pages for the 20 page deadline. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had, I was six pages short, which sucks. And um, I probably could have asked for an extension but I just knew that I wouldn't want to do it in the next two days either. So I took a strike, which on our journal is like, you missed a deadline, you get a strike. And if you get two strikes, you can't be on the executive board as a 3L. And this is my first strike. So I guess I could still be on the executive board, but that's not really something I'm trying to do. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm admitting this. I'm admitting my flaws, listeners, for your so that you can commiserate with me. Or if you need to feel better than me to get through your day in law school, like that's <laughs> fine. You can feel better than me. <laughs> you have earned it. But I just could not do it. And it was a low because, I mean, it would be just a meh because I don't really care about the punishment. But it's a low because I actually care about what I'm writing about. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't, I just could not make myself do it so that sucks um but I'll get back to it maybe once I'm in school mode even though I'll have less time I'll have less like resentment about it eating up my free time because it's like free time you don't have free time so that's fine yeah do this, you know you know this is this is reminding me this sounds a lot like my meh for the week really um, well, yeah, because, you know, so I'd been working on my brief for moot court, which is, you know, obviously different from a law journal note. Um, in in So for listeners who might not know, in a moot court competition, you have to submit a brief before you argue. Um, and in my case, the brief is due a month before the arguments um, take place. And you know, I got the problem mid-December. I think I got it on December 19th. And the deadline was today to turn in the brief. And I tell you what, I did not want to give up any of my free time during winter break. Like none. Uh, I, right? I wouldn't budge. I wouldn't budge. So January 5th rolls around. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. I have two weeks to write this brief. Um and I figured, you know, I could work on it for a couple weekends, like do research during the week. And it became completely all-consuming. Um, and it's it's a meh because, as I've said before, I actually really like legal writing. Um, 
And I know that what I turned in was not my best work because I was, I like really kind of put myself in a corner (laughs) by waiting until the last minute to like pull it all together. Um, I mean, it was. Yes. Very, very similar, like parallel universe. Right. It's like, I don't really, I don't really care about what I'm writing about. Like, it's not like I chose the topic and, you know, I'm trying to like make a little bit of wave and in, in whatever like jurisprudence. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> just, just like the th- reading it back, I'm like, Oh, this formatting is kind of all over the place. Like I could have expanded on this issue. I could have thought about this a little more like, ugh. Oh, well, Oh, well it's, and then I have to remind myself, guess what? It's not graded. That's a great point. Yeah. Same with the note. It's like, if you do a good job, then it'll be published. But if you turn in a crappy draft and you have interest in publishing it, you just keep working on it and publish it later. So you stakes know, are stakes are low. This thought actually might be a little bit of a tangent, but I, I think about this often. And what I think about is what happens to all the mediocre work we do? Like, like the really good stuff that you produce might get recognized. You might win an award, right? You might come in first in a competition, but like, what about all the other people that competed? <laughs> like what about all of those briefs? Like there's literally like no repercussions. <laughs> like it just <laughs> falls, uh, it falls into the abyss of, you know, work that was done that will never be recognized, but perhaps we might be better for, I don't know. I you just know? up your nihilism. I just want to lean into that because even the stuff that wins, no one. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> such a you good. Point. Got published in a like in the Washington Jurisprudence Law Review. Wow, that's so funny. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, like sometimes I ask myself, like, like where do all the mediocre lawyers go? And I, I ask myself this. Because often when I am like, you know, trolling the internet, looking for like potential jobs for maybe one day, right? You know, I'll click on a law firm's website and I'll click, you know, like meet the team or whatever. And then I just click on a random, just a random associate attorney's profile, (laughs) let's say. And it's like, you know, John Doe graduated like summa cum laude from Yale Law School. He founded the first like john doe law review and did all of these things and then you i'm like whoa hold on let me zoom out clearly i clicked on the star of this law firm and then i like go and i click another associate it's like the same thing i'm like this can't possibly be there are hundreds of law schools throughout this country where are all the where are all the mediocre lawyers at where are the people that graduated with a b minus average like I'm sure they're employed, but like, holy shit, where, what rock do they crawl under upon graduation? I don't know. No, no, they're doing they're doing stuff. I don't That's know. That's my point. It's like, but where where are they? Where do they go, Lydia? I think there's like different different types of law firms. Like there are the the places that are like the show suits that only hires from certain elite law schools but the law firm I was working at before law school had attorneys from like almost all of the rankings of law schools Mm. and it was great it was like once you're actually in practice there's like if you're a good worker that's what matters seems like at least in immigration law maybe that's because it's more straightforward yeah, um, I don't. I don't want to co-opt the conversation, but damn, if this isn't a good segue, <laughs> I'm not. Okay, yes, I, yes, I feel yes, like please. I'm not going to take the segue. I'm not going to take it right now. But this is like Do a it. good. This I'm is so cute. cute now. I'm curious. Okay, well, I was just going to say, like, I was going to give you my high, which is my update on my residency. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, I want to hear about it. Okay. Well, so I'm loving it. Yes. <laughs> um, it's it's so much fun, and I, I'm not. But by no means calling the attorneys mediocre, but that they are also, I can confidently say that they are not like from the suits or whatever you just said. Like they all graduated from Elon. You know what I mean? Like we we're all kind of on a level playing field here. Um, anywho, 
I'm realizing, so I'm now two weeks into this and I am realizing that the law that you learn in law school is like a completely different creature than the law as it is in day-to-day practice. Tell me all about it. Well, like, okay. People tell you that, but I don't know what it looks like in practice. So I'm going to use torts, for example, because like torts is all civil and, and, and the firm that I'm working at is all civil. Um, that's actually not true. There's a little bit of criminal, um, but I don't ever come in contact with that. Okay. So like I kind of imagine. So when you're in a torts class, you like are expected to know all the elements of like a claim for a battery or assault, let's say in real life. And, and okay. And so when you're in, in when you're in the torts classroom, you have to know all the elements. And then in my mind, I assumed that when I got into the real world, I would be expected to know all of those elements so that, and then, and then I could be like, Oh, well you do or don't have a claim here. Right. Like so far from all that I've observed, your knowledge of the law is like, I mean, people like you can still look at the textbooks. Like you don't have to know this stuff cold. Basically. Oh yeah. The biggest takeaway so far is that yes, analytical thinking is crucial, but wow, do you need to make sure your interpersonal skills are in tip top shape? Because really? guess what? On the phone or in person consulting with a client, they're going to be telling you whatever awful thing is going on. And they're not going to know whether you are absolutely correct when you're like saying, oh yeah, that sounds like assault or that sounds like battery. Because they don't know the elements of those tort claims, right? Okay. They're just going to know whether or not they like you and trust you and whether or not they, they believe that you have their best interest in mind. I mean, that's maybe the best thing we've ever said on this podcast. (laughs) You know, I even said, we I'm extending it for sure. That's like a beautiful piece of wisdom. I mean, just from my, just from watching it all happen, it's like, and maybe this is maybe my thinking on this is skewed because my supervising attorney, um, he pretty much only does family law and estate stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly having these like kind of tricky conversations with people about their like very personal lives, right? These yeah. people have no idea what it takes to, you know, file a custody claim or like how to the difference between like a general divorce and like a, a divorce from bed and board like they don't you know, all they know is yeah, like oh, I like him because he listened to me and like he knew my kids names and like how old they were and when where they went to school and I didn't have to keep reminding him of that you know yeah yeah anyway that's my that's my chef's kiss of wisdom like just be a good listener <laughs> and you don't have to know what the elements of the torts are because you can always look that up later. You just have to like listen and take good notes and like, you'll be fine. I love that. That's yeah. very encouraging. And it's like fits within kind of how I know the world to work already. Like the maxim people don't remember what you say. They remember how you made them feel. It's, it kind of sounds Precisely. like that. Precisely. Yes. Yeah. And it made me feel even more confident about just like going into practice once I graduate because I know that I have good interpersonal skills. And and yeah. honestly, it's like kind of something that can't quite be taught. You know, like you can. Yeah, absolutely. I'm taking right now a client interviewing and counseling course and all of the tools that we're being given are very useful but I do think that there's like a certain just like way to, to speak that just puts people at ease. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I imagine people who are not interested in that type of lawyering or that doesn't come naturally to them. They hate it, whatever. Um, if you're that person listening to this, there are plenty of other kinds of lawyering jobs but it does seem like a lot of them do have client interaction, you know, but you can do tax 
promise. You could do like <laughs> any kind of contract law, really. Like, yeah, I yeah. Mean, there's stuff you can you can do with the, the papers, right? You can be a behind the scenes person. Yeah, God, I'm telling you, family law is like it's it's less law and more like counseling therapy. Did I ever tell you what I my the conversation I had with a family law professor at University of Minnesota? No, I don't think so. I went and toured there um, when I was touring schools, and uh, I was talking to a family law professor during one of their like meet and greets, and I was like, I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't want to be a counselor, social worker. I want to be a lawyer. Like, how do you, how do you not just like deal with everyone's emotions all the time? And, um, she said that you have to remember two things. A crap. Oh my God. I'm, I'm like on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. I can't remember. I, I think one of them was like, you you aren't a counselor. You are just a lawyer. You can like tell them that you're like you you're there to like help with the law. Like that wasn't how she phrased it though. Ah, uh, um, maybe she said like you're being paid to do like the law work, and the other one was like, you chose to marry this person or something. It was something like she was very cold about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, mm. I kind of was like scared of her. But I was impressed that she could like just totally cut off. Like, I'm here to do your like legal paperwork. I am not here to be your counselor. Yeah. You I, I, know, don't know how, I don't know if I could do that. though. I th- that's why I think I would be very bad. I think it. I think you could. And there are like very, there are tactful ways to do it. My my supervising attorney, his name is his Dan, Daniel, Um and he, I've heard him say that to like, you know, we, we talk a lot about how to distance yourself from your clients when the subject matter is so emotionally heavy and like draining and like thick and rich. And there's just like so much going on. Um, and he said, you know, sometimes clients will like ask him something like, I don't know, think like. Like, but what am I going to do about like where the kids are going to school? Let's say. Right. And he'll, and he'll say to them, that is a life question. And I'm here to answer your legal questions. And I'm happy to do that. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. But like when it comes to the nuts and bolts of like how the legal decisions are going to impact your life, I can't help you. It's like, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This is reminding me to recommend um, this other podcast called The Trauma-Informed Lawyer. It's by a Canadian. It's in partnership with the Canadian Bar Association, but still it's like, it's not about specific legal things. It's about just the idea of like trauma-informed lawyering. So not that every family law case is, has trauma at the heart of it. But, um, I do recommend it to people who are going into like lots of different fields of law immigrant in in the immigration law clinic. We did, we learned about trauma informed lawyering because we had asylum seeking clients and that kind of thing. Wow. I will definitely be giving this a listen. Yeah. I, I wonder how it would, how it would interact with like trust and estates. But I guess if you're dealing with people who are considering their end of life plans, they might, have had a traumatic diagnosis or something like that. Yeah, perhaps. Mm. Anyway, I've done a lot of talking and I've somehow managed to cover everything I had to say <laughs> for this week. Um, so really? I mean, yeah. Like I was just wait. You didn't it. start with your lows. You you had a segue to Mez and a segue to your update on your residency. Dang. You are such an astute listener. You're right. I didn't mention my lows, but that's only because <laughs> I really don't have any lows. Like I'm just kind of dreading the inauguration. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just like lo- the low grade dread and and anxiety of 2020 just continued. Um, so 
we're waiting, we're bracing ourselves. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm going to be glad when that's over. And I am a little concerned about all the, the protests that are planned at the state capitals, but yeah. Okay. Wait, I actually did have one more thing to say. Yeah. I totally turn it over to you. And it's, it's related to, to all of this like ridiculous, frightening Trump, like all of that. So, um, this is funny, but like not funny, but it, it, it's, this will be seared into my memory forever. So, you know, I had been, I had been highly anticipating my very first client consult in this residency. And it happened to come on day two of my residency, which also just happened to be January 6th. (laughs) So I was going into a client (laughs) consult with my supervising attorney and you know, uh, it's at, at about, I don't know, a little after lunch, let's say 1.30, 2 p.m. And we're sitting in the office with the, it's a, it's on the phone, right? So the phone is on speakerphone. Um, and, you know, we're listening to the client talk and I'm taking notes furiously. And all of a sudden, like, I feel like my phone start vibrating, like my Apple watch is vibrating. I noticed the supervising attorney, like, her stuff is kind of going off too. And so she like the client or the potential client is like talking. And then I see like her, her face changed the attorney and I'm like, Oh God. So then I looked down at my Apple watch cause I had been ignoring it, you know, oh, yes, very professional, Megan. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm following her cues. I'm not going to be like checking my phone in the middle of this yeah. or anything, you know, <laughs> so I'm like having this like groundbreaking professional moment. <laughs> Right. Well, (laughs) I look down and it's like, it's like, oh, insurrectionists have taken the Capitol. And (laughs) like, we were both sitting in there just like silently freaking out. She, so the, the client, I mean, it, I, it was just kind of chaotic as you can imagine. Um, and it was this really wild merging of two very unforgettable moments. Like people will probably be asking you, like, where were you when you learned that Trump incited an insurrection? <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously. Likewise, yeah. it'll be like, where were you? Like, tell me about the first time you ever engaged with a real-life client in a real-life law situation. It's like, well, the year was 2021. The Capitol was being broken into. The Confederate flag flew high. Like, what the Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just disappointing. There are so many things that it was, but just like, come on. Come on, guys. Yeah. The thing is, they believe that stuff. Yeah. um, I was listening to, uh, I think I've, I think I mentioned on the podcast where I mentioned other podcasts, um, that I listened to this podcast called Unorthodox and they had on someone who researched QAnon to just kind of break it down. And I thought it was a good little segment. If anyone wants to like learn a little bit more without having to Google it. Cause I didn't want to do that. I've never, I had never Googled QAnon. I was like, I don't want to know. Oh man. That's a deep dark every, hole. Every tenant that they believe. All I knew is a, a little bit, but yeah, I just don't, how how could that many people in power be pedophiles? And why would pedophilia be related to political power, like, in that way? There are so many things that do not make sense right. to me. And, like, how could you believe that Trump won by a landslide, even if there were some voter fraud? How... Uh, I don't know. It's such a distraction from actual good debates that we could be having in the right. discourse about voting and elections. And like, there are actually so many things to change with that. So why are we wasting our time? <laughs> I don't know. Entertaining I've... any of these. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, this morning I actually read aloud, um, a piece from the New York times to Adam because I was reading it like quietly to myself. And I just realized that the words that I was reading were just completely insane. 
the piece was about this woman. Oh, her last name was Gilbert. Um, I'm sure if you Googled like New York Times Gilbert, it would come up. But she is, you know, uh, a New York socialite. Um, she used to kind of do acting. She went to Harvard, like super smart. Anyway, um, at the beginning of Trump's presidency, she was still like she had voted for Jill Stein. Um, but as of something happened in the last four years where like she, she became a follower of QAnon and she actually like this, this article is like mostly an interview with her, um, where she's explaining very level headedly that there was a photo. I mean, among other, among many things, she was explaining that there was a photo taken of Trump at the white house during Christmas where in the background there was like a domino piece ornament on the Christmas tree and Mm -hmm. the dots on the domino piece had 17 dots. And that was QAnon like signaling to the people that he was in the white house because Q is the 17th letter in the American alphabet. Okay. And it's like, I have no, what? No, I just, I'm just disappointed because a good conspiracy theory is like titillating and I'm not entertained. I am not, my interest Mm. is not like peaked. I'm not satisfied. There's actual evil in the world that is hidden from us. And I would like to know more about that. Not this bullshit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Do, Do more work. Work harder. Yeah. QAnon, you know? Come on now. Be a better investigative journalist. Give us some real evidence, something. I Anyways. Love, I love like, okay, yeah. We should, we should segue. I could really go <laughs> off on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, All right. uh, hopefully uh, 2021 seems like uh, there will be maybe a little bit more regulation uh, in the discourse. <laughs> What have I had not talked about yet? I said my low, not turning my journal note. Um, uh, oh, okay. I haven't done my high or my meh. My meh is that I really wanted to start out the spring semester with my apartment totally organized and tidy. And when I was rearranging everything to fit the desk and um, couch in, I did a lot of rearranging and I had this idea of like, Ooh, I can really like, I can organize my books. I can give away things that I don't want anymore. I can clear up some space and it'll be so refreshing to start the new year and the new semester that way. And I just did not, I really, because it was kind of like the note thing. It was like, I just want to keep watching movies as the snow is falling and like making Mm. food and not organizing the different Tupperware that have like completely exploded underneath the sink. I, I, I don't want to spend my time. Doing it. <laughs> I don't know. So that's just a meh because the good part of it is that I did more fun things during winter break, but the bad part of it is that I kind of have a little clutter in the apartment, Mm-mm. but my highs are much better than that. Um, among the items in view in my apartment, are a huge box of lucky charms that will not fit in any of the cabinets. And I just haven't treated myself to sugary cereal in a while. And it is so freaking good. I just Mm. eat handfuls of it as a snack, like throughout the day. That is, Oh, that's related to another high. I hadn't even thought of it. I didn't even put it here in my, um, in my little outline of what I wanted to say. So I didn't forget, but I have been doing like to-do lists during the semester. It was really helpful with when I was doing clinic because in addition to just like assigned readings, I had actual tasks that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I've never really had like a morning routine or an evening routine other than like brush your teeth. So it would be kind of hit or miss whether or not I would do things like eat a full breakfast or exercise or whatever. But I am going to try to have a morning routine. Okay. What will the routine consist of? Well, hopefully some lucky charms. 
Fistfuls of Lucky Charms at 6.30, okay? Oh, um, you might appreciate this. I, when I got the desk, jokingly told a couple of my friends, now all I need to be like a late capitalist is one of those things that plugs in and keeps your mug warm. And then someone on Buy Nothing University City was like, I'm giving this away. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it's sitting on my desk right now. I can just plug it in and keep my mug warm. It's technically a candle warmer so that you can have the scent of the candle without lighting it. But I think that's stupid. But it's just as late capitalist as a mug warmer. So no judgment. I got a free mug warmer and I will be waking up doing it. Uh, like the bathroom routine of like face moisturizer, some teeth brushing, etc. And then mm-hmm. I'll make some cereal and some warm beverage and then I'll keep it warm. And then I will make a to-do list and log into my 9am Zoom class. And on the days that I don't have 9am classes, I've signed up to do clinic hours at 9am. So I start every day at 9am, which is much better than last semester when I tried to force myself to do 7.30am because I just thought I could make myself be a morning person. That was just not a winning strategy. I'm trying to work with myself, not against myself. I love that. That's much better. Be kind to yourself. Ease ease in, you know? Yes. Yes. So... That's that's part of what I'm looking forward to too. It's just having a having a routine. Um, this is also a tangent, but I've just like during winter break been doing a lot of research on autism because I think it's uh, very interesting. And I can post something on the blog about the how to like think about the spectrum, quote unquote. And um, it just was like very eye opening for me. And the more research I do into autism, the more I am like, I would really like to use certain techniques of autistic people in my life as a lawyer, like having a daily routine and thinking about things in certain ways. Um, So maybe I'll do a blog post about that. I'm very interested. I want to walk down this this road with you. I want to know what what you come up with. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah there should definitely be more neurodiversity in the legal field. And just the more I'm researching, the more I'm like, there's a lot of like potential for good lawyering here with autism. So, uh, okay. My other high is that the, I can't remember if it was last episode or the episode before that, when I just opened up the like wash you online jobs portal and explained how that application went oh yeah i think that was like two episodes ago okay um that makes sense because there were there have been several rounds of what's called oci on campus interviews which of course is not on campus it's all on zoom (laughs) um and for the first round of OCI, I got, I was notified. I got a couple interviews from that. So I'll do those this week. Oh which my is exciting. Yeah. And I am almost positive. I've been doing some research research on how the process goes. I'm almost positive that, um, the short interviews during OCI lead to callback interviews that are much longer and that the process can, can go on for a while, but I'm hoping that Something leads to something soon. If not one of those, then there were two other rounds of OCI that bidding periods, quote unquote, that I participated in. And I haven't, no one's been notified about those interviews. So I'm waiting to hear if I have any additional interviews from that. And I should also be applying to jobs that are not part of OCI, but I have not mustered the energy to do that. It was enough. I applied to maybe around 40 jobs through this process and it's just like that should be plenty but it probably isn't because if everyone is doing that (laughs) yeah like cover letters and everything for each yes but I made sure to pour all of my time in the beginning into a couple different cover letter cover letter templates oh that's smart that's smart Yeah. yeah so once I had that down 
And that's where the career office was really clutch. Like they returned my resume and cover letter with like a lot of comments. And once I incorporated them, I felt really good about it and just was like, plug, 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 like, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) But I did not follow the advice that the career service office emailed out about on like the second day of break where they're like, winter break is not a break. Winter break is your... uh, applying for jobs is a full-time job you know you need to be applying to at least 100 firms by the time classes start blah 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 no I did not do that (laughs) you're like watch me actually take a break because oh my god we need one yeah exactly maybe to my detriment but we'll see yeah I bet I bet you're gonna be just fine yeah yeah man yeah I I will keep everyone updated because I did not know much about how this process worked and it could be something that might be really helpful to have on the podcast. Very like, good. Yeah, just how it works. I'm repeating myself. I'll stop talking. That is my whole update. Uh, Lucky Charms, uh, desk, uh, not doing work. Yeah. That's me. You've been doing much more than me. Much more. Well, soak it up because you only have like a few more hours of watching Korean dramas and being cozy before the real world hits you square in the face. I know. I know. That's true. I even start clinic tomorrow. It's really everything is starting tomorrow. Oh, God. And I I did not uh, participate in any Martin Luther King Day day of service activities. I did make a craft for someone. Uh, I I restored a rocking chair for someone who was pregnant and then gave it to them for free. So that I feel like I I delivered it today, but I didn't actually work on it today. So I will have to postpone my community service. Well, that's a very nice thing you did. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm counting it a little bit. I had count it. It was really fun. It. Have I talked about the show Repair Shop on Netflix? Because it is like the opposite of law school in so many ways. Well, is it more the opposite of law school than The Real Housewives of Atlanta? Or <laughs> No, because The Real Housewives of any city have probably a lot of colorable legal claims. Oh, you're right. And one of them <laughs> is even a lawyer in Atlanta. Oof. Okay. Yeah. This is further away. This is a British show. It is not a competition like Great British Baking Baking Show. It is just a furniture restoration show. And they work in this like beautiful, oops, sorry, in this like (laughs) beautiful hut with all these workstations and people come in and have like an antique that's been in their family for generations. That's like falling apart. Like, a rocking chair or I, mean, I don't know why I use that example. Cause that was something I just did, but um, like an old grandfather clock that won't chime anymore. And then they have like the most skilled craftspeople from across the UK, just fix it for them for free. And cause it's paid for like by Netflix or whatever. And then the person comes back and they like pick it up and like cry. It's Aww. just, gorgeous. yeah, it's so so relaxing. <laughs> Listen to yourself. Oh my god! <laughs> they weep, and I feel instantly relaxed. <laughs> well, no, watching them repair furniture is relaxing, and then you get the nice, like, emotional payoff at the end. You know? <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> it's like a step up from how it's made. That's also very relaxing, but in like a kind of like hypnotic kind of way. <laughs> fair. Yeah, fair. Wow. I might actually have to give that a, sh- a shot when I have yeah, a little bit of free time. make a fire, honestly. It's a, that would be a great combo. Like I'm into it. Fireplace and like have some hot chocolate and just like watch them weave something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Hell yeah. I like it. Well, do you have any more? Have we reached the end of our podcast road? I think so. Oh my Unless goodness. you've got other other stuff you're looking forward to, or other I've stuff got you-, no, you know, I've got nothing. Maybe, maybe on next week's episode, uh, I'll give you and the listeners a little taste 
of uh, the argument that I'm making for the oh, mood board yes. competition. But do you think your competition will be listening? Like I the mean, other schools? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter because in this competition, you have to argue what's called on brief, meaning like oh. I'll have to argue on the brief that I wrote. And then I have to argue the opposite. So no matter oh, how okay. I cut this cake, everybody participating in this competition argues both sides of, of the <laughs> argument. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So it's not like, a, it's not like I'd be giving away some like really excellent, like just show stopping argument. <laughs> like anything I wrote down on paper today, like they will have figured out by the time we get there. So no big deal. This sounds great. I really want to hear it. Excellent. Well, um, okay, just, you know, prepare yourself. Cause I am arguing, very much uh, pr in a pro Second Amendment uh, stance. So, okay, yeah, my client uh, may or may not have cleaned his shotgun on camera <laughs> during <laughs> okay. a vid, which is like the you know fake Zoom, Zoom twelfth right, right. grade literature class. So, yeah, yeah, riveting stuff. <laughs> Yep. Well, no, um, wait, that reminds me of the news article about the kid who got suspended from school, quote unquote, it was over Zoom for having a BB gun in his room. Oh my God, I need to, wait, you, you want me to, to send, send that, that to you? Article. I'll, yeah. I'll send it to you. <laughs> of course I submitted my brief today. God damn it. No. No. <laughs> I just remember, yeah. Okay, if you type, at least for me in Firefox, I typed kid suspend it and kid suspended for BB gun on zoom is the fourth, the third thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. oh, you know okay. what? I did. I did know about this. I did know about okay. this because okay. I did Google it. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, that just seemed particularly unfair. Oh yeah, I mean, like it's just absolutely outrageous. When I when I explain the fact pattern to you next week, we'll save it for next week. You you okay. are, I know what side you're gonna come out on this, and <laughs> it's not the one I'm arguing for. <laughs> <laughs> Rad. Okay, well, I look forward to it. And uh, listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, it's been real. Thanks for a great sixty first episode. Yes. Until next time. Bye. Good night.